Before we get started, please take the time to like, add, and subscribe to our pages on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, and iTunes. Also, please leave us a review. He says this, right? But every time he makes the trip out here and from here back, he takes the time out of his drive to video him driving through Wallace, Idaho, historic Wallace, <laughs> every time. <laughs> we can wander our way over, you know, because this is wandering ways. What's Bigfoot possibility? How we doing? Fandily-tastic, you know, as that. Isn't that uh, the guy from The Simpsons that says that? Fandily-tastic. Oh, what is it? The neighbor, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't watch The Simpsons enough to... Uh... I do, and I... Uh... And you're blanking on his name. That's a little Because we're live, that's why. Because we're live from our houses, our respective hum humble abodes where we live. <laughs> What was no. it, James? Lastly, he thought I was in uh, Billings um, recording, and I was oh like, really? <laughs> yeah, he's like, uh, when I was talking to him before, I was like, yeah, you know, I've only ever been out to Billings like four times, and he's like, wait, you're not in Billings? And I go, no, I'm in Oregon, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's that was a great interview. You know, I was glad to get you to talk bikes. I know you talk a lot about bikes out here, and just getting outdoors and exactly doing something that you know you hear a lot of hikers say they want to do the you know the pct they want to do the continental divide trail um and my boy james you know he's out there chugging along on his bike trying to do the continental trail and getting about all, what like he said a third of the way and just saying fuck this <laughs> he said they got to like montana the end of montana yeah or just right into idaho or something but still that's just wild when you From look at Banff, like, yeah you know <laughs> well the it's the zigzaggy up there i think when yeah. you get further south it starts to like even out but i yeah i know you're you're in training mode for that now no i'm just kidding that's about no, five not, years. The, not the bike one <laughs> <laughs> not the bike one not yet not yes not yet well you know maybe never know that's a future thing to talk about. <laughs> if you're curious, just check out Unathletic Trainer. <laughs> right? There you go. I don't. No, I'm just kidding. I try to. I just don't have the time for you in my life. This is my time for you in my life. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. I mean, I don't think you would enjoy the content on there either. It's good. I mean, I read the first few, uh, I think. I remember like when they first came out, I checked it out. And uh, yeah, I shared you on Facebook or something once. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's not like, it's wild. You know, I ran into a high school friend today and we just like talked forever. But it's just like when you talk and like you talk about like your life and like what's been going on and what, what, like what you're doing. And it's just like, holy shit. Like, this is wild. This is crazy what am I going to do with my life? You know, uh, yeah. this roller coaster, it's just a roller coaster. You got shit, you got family shit, you got personal shit, you got your hobbies, you got all that. But 
the one thing we all have is nature and that's why we're here on the wandering always podcast so so we can get you all out in nature to enjoy it <laughs> you know what's nice is you can download this podcast so you can be in the park on a hike listening i'm just saying yeah that's what we should do actually maybe as we do like an informational podcast and just at the beginning we just be like make sure to down this one download this episode before you go into yellowstone and we will share some facts while you're driving the wonderful roads of yellowstone you know low-key we could do that we could get into the park when we do go to these parks and just like do an informational tour like starting in gardener here you look off to the left uh first off into the park you will see the boiling river um it's closed probably because white tourists fucked it up but you know (laughs) let's be real (laughs) for sure speaking of getting into parks and stuff um you know permits are becoming more and more popular what is uh um i think you just sent me today the columbia gorge um little scenic highway which is if it's the interstate the highway's like right next to it they're having a timed permit system to reduce um congestion and all of that fun stuff wasn't uh not that one but multnomah falls was also there too huh well multnomah falls it's that road that um like if you go there's that road you cross to get actually get yeah. to it after you've parked and you go under the bridge type thing then yeah the little highway road it's literally that road that has the timed entry now oh wow because if you do that road there's actually a lot of different waterfalls along that whole road that you can go and check out it's really actually pretty um i i think i did it actually with matt um the map buddy yeah map buddy i can't remember why we did it though because it was fairly recent if you went on a hike up above the gorge with him oh that's when we did it that's when we did it him and i went and uh we checked out the the gorge and that's when we did that uh that road nice no that's that's dope that's that's cool that's cool man like i haven't done that in a long time if I have done it, it was when I was a child. Um, I have checked out Multnomah Falls. I mean, you do see some of the waterfalls from the interstate there. But, you know, what's shitty is, for me, that part of my drive became, I need to bust it out and get home or get to my parents. Because you're, you're, you're on hour 11, hour 12 of driving sometimes when you're in that, in that spot. Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting. Um because I think about that. I think about that here in Montana, kind of what I take for granted as like, fuck, I want to go 85, 90 miles on the interstate and blow by the scenery and get to my destination. He whereas... says this, everybody, he says this, right? But every time he makes the trip out here and from here back, he takes the time out of his drive to video him driving through wallace idaho historic wallace (laughs) every time (laughs) does it bug you no i just think it's absolutely pointless (laughs) wallace is the half it's about the halfway point from billings to portland um it's kind of one of those points where uh 
you get a little bit of cell service in between the Montana pass and that 4th of July pass. So just kind of letting people know we're alive. We made it through. Um, and to let the good fans know that historic Wallace is still fucking thriving. Yeah. You need to stop in and help them. They literally built the interstate over that town. <laughs> they said, we're just going to build over your buildings. Like, you used to take the highway through that town. No, we're going to build over you. I actually know a girl whose parents moved there. They, they chose to move there. <laughs> yeah, from, from Big Twig, Big Timber, Montana. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's wild, but... You know, there's no permits in Wallace, and one of my favorite attractions, one of my sideshow attractions off the side of the interstate is Elmer's Fountain. Elmer's yeah. Fountain? Oh, I think yeah. I've seen you take videos or something of this. Yeah, it's just the guy, he built a fountain on the side of the road up up in Idaho there, and it's Elmer's Fountain. It's a fountain. <laughs> I mean, everyone's got something, right? No, no permit needed. Yeah, <laughs> no, no permit needed because the congestion is not too bad. Not no. too bad at all. No, well, it's starting to get bad because all you Californians are moving here to Montana. So go back. Yeah, and people are just moving. Um, they really are. No, but going farther into the permits, I saw something interesting. I want to share. I'm going to share it with you. Um, and. You know, we we we've we're big fans of the permit system here at the Wandering Ways. Um, oh, we are. You're speaking for both of us now, huh? Yeah, I am. <laughs> Mainly because I think uh, we saw um, what is it? Or we talk about Angels Landing all the time needing a permit. Anyways, yeah. the video I'm showing, there's big long a bunch of words on there talking about how this is the downside of it, in that the in Yosemite that the permit system isn't doing anything to really slow the or reduce the amount of congestion in the park. It's just limiting the amount of people that can go into the park. Yeah, I, I don't I, know, man. It's one of those, the, the thing is, right, is this video, and while it may be true, right, that it is reducing it, it doesn't, there's so many things that could stop a traffic like that in these parks. Well, and y y yeah, <laughs> well put. They, I, I agree with you because to me, it's like the permit system isn't necessarily a traffic system. It's just saying we're going to allow cars into the park at this time. Uh, and then like you're oh you're at the, you're at the 1030 wave okay well maybe you have to wait like that maybe there's two lines of traffic where it's like this is the 1030 line this is the 10 o'clock line and it lets you in you go you show your pass you know just be respectful be cautious of this plan I think when you're going to the parks um because like just just know that like, like, for example, we're going to Glacier this summer, okay? Here's my thought. Well, June, uh, or not June, it will be July. July 5th is the day we will get to the park, okay? If we do anything that day, I think we will do a hike in the National Forest 
that, you know what, guess what? It borders the national park. So probably just as good, if not better, because less people are there. And we'll probably do a hike like that. Then on the 6th, we'll either wake up real goddamn early, because I said so, or we'll get get in you know we'll get into the park at a reasonable time and show them our chalet pass because we bought a chalet pass for the july 6th and say hey we can go up the going to sun road we're going to go up the going to sun road with our respectful reservation we're going to be respectful we're going to be courteous of what we do we're going to look for the shuttle system that most national parks provide um and get on that and enjoy you know our trip and figure out what we're going to do come back from our hike get out of the park and go do something else another day because we respect the system 100 percent, yeah no it, <laughs> and, and it doesn't and to go back to that like video like if you've been to yosemite um i mean it's not car friendly to begin with so it doesn't really take a whole lot of like cars to get like that well take zion it's just a it's just a canyon yeah and yosemite is similar um they just let cars go and there's really it's one road and you know you loop and it very very easily can get backed up like real quick <laughs> oh i i believe you know you get a bear in there oh people are gonna slam on their brakes and wait and take yeah. take their time to get their photos because they saw a bear in the wild. But really, is it wild at that point? Yeah. Um, no, I you know I, it's it's crazy, and maybe we can have that discussion later um, about you know what 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 a wild bear is, you know, especially in some of those parks um, because people you know they they are being photographed 150 times a day. Um, it's interesting. Um, the permit system is interesting. It's definitely changing. It makes me, as a native person, kind of hurt because the land before the permit system, I think, was a lot better to see, a lot better to look at. Yeah. I mean, not Pins like... Cons. More people not, are going out to these parks, which is awesome. But with more people, you have more dill heads. So... But and for me, I guess part of it too is I wish I, I wish I would be able to see it back, back before you know in the 1700s, 1600s. So I was kind of thinking of getting into sport fishing again, but I feel like I need a good quality net. Well, you know what, Reverend, I got the key solution for you. You know, our friends at Blue Ribbon Net make this eco-friendly aquafade bag so you're not hurting the environment it's 100 percent biodegradable plus the wood is locally sourced and it is also biodegradable and it's just such a great company to use um the blue ribbon nets they're here in bozeman montana and we even have a discount code that's right if you use the code rugaroo 10 that's right that's my jeep the rugaroo rugaroo 10 r-u-g-a-r-u-1-0 uh you're going to get some discount on a blue ribbon net you know you can get the long one if you're fishing the big fish or you can get just the good river one you know if you're like me and just want to catch a lot of fish so again make sure you go check out blue ribbon and use the promo code rugaroo10
Hey, hey there, Reverend. Um, I heard that you might be running dry on your sticker supplier. Yeah, I've been looking around and I've kind of like run out of cool stickers to buy and put on water bottles and stuff. Well, I, I mean, have you seen the stuff Josh has been coming out with lately? No, I have not. Well, he is doing some really cool stuff with the Shop LS574. Yes, they're working with indigenous communities and making some really cool stickers. Um, he has a really cool buffalo mountain sticker. There's even water bottles, hats, sweatshirts, the whole swag. And we even got a discount code for you guys. Yes, if you use Wandering Ways at Shop LS574, you're going to be getting a discount on your next purchase. But not only that, you're going to be giving a percentage of that sale to the Little Shell Tribe, as well as they donate a dollar of every sale to murdered and missing Indigenous women. So just such a cool thing going on there. You know, you use the code WANDERINGWAYS, W-A-N-D-E-R-I-N-G-W-A-Y-S, and you put that in there, boom, you're getting a discount. Yeah, it would be nice to like, I mean, that's always the night. It would always be nice to see it with less people. And when you have less people, that means you don't need a permit system. Um, so yeah, it would really, I do get that, but I don't, the other side of me at it, and this is just the me trying to find the positive out of the fact that we have these permit systems now is it is kind of a way for parks to get a little bit more money, which is nice. That is nice because they are, in a sense, underfunded. And, you know, I, I really want to give my hats off to Secretary Deb Holland and what she's done for our parks uh, in her first, like, go, uh, first year really being on the job and just doing great things everywhere for both Indian country and for uh, our parks because, like, we are underfunded. They, they do have to do these things to help, you know, generate some revenue. And when you really think of like the cost for these things, they're a reasonable cost. It's the private companies that jack the price up on things when you really look at it. Because, you know, the campground is oh, 12 bucks a night. It's not bad at all. No. Uh, I think, what, what did I say for you, me, Tyler, Matt, just to get a private campground outside of Glacier Park? Uh, I think was like 40, 50 bucks between, you know, I, I think it was 12 bucks each or whatever we chipped in. Yeah. Something like that. You know? So it was just like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. Like, these parks, they're, they're doing the best they can. There was a, when I was working at the BLM, there was a lady who was like ranting about like the price and people always complaining about, oh, there's a fee at this park. Well, I have this pass. It should let me into this park. Well, it's like, well, this is a BLM park. So no, we don't take that pass or yeah. just, just different things like that. And she's like, well, my tax dollars, this and that. And it's just like the lady, she responded is like, in reality, like when you look at what your tax dollars go to, maybe 10 cents of like your true taxes, your income tax, whatever, come to the national parks. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, so, you know, that's a, that's a nice little pro is that the parks can get some money, um, some more well-deserved money to, keep the things in the park, you know, the things that are important, um, you know, like the roads, um, campgrounds, uh, visitor centers, those kind of things going. So that way, when we do visit them, you know, one, we can, 
we'll have things that are working nice we can be educated because we have good visitor centers with good info our park rangers that are keeping us safe they're getting well paid so <clears throat> it's nice it can be a nice thing to have that um so while it's a bummer you know i think it's important and i think the permit system i'm a big fan of it so yeah i still think i i mean what sucks is like again i said like as a native american like we should have a right to these kind of homelands in a, in a way <laughs> you know like some of them are spiritual homelands to some of us you know so when you do when you do a permit system i i i want the parks i want the government organizations to consider those tribal entities because like you know i look at like the elders the you know that are going to go say hey i do want to pray today i do want to do a spiritual quest uh you know a medicine bundle give an offering it's like they're not going to do the research to see if the going to sun road is open but <laughs> yeah definitely you should they should be allowed on it i think um that's just my personal that was sure. your plan. i you know there's this i'm gonna run it by you right here on the podcast see if we get any feedback because you can always email us at wanderingwayspodcast at gmail.com uh w-a-n-d-e-r-i-n-g-w-a-y-s-p-o-d-c-a-s-t at g-m-a-i-l dot c-o-m and the idea i want to run by you is i want to do a national park series for the shop ls574 okay and the National Park Series is going to be the National Park Signs. And it's going to be like Glacier National Park, stolen 1912. <laughs> that is uh, that is funny. Um, I mean, I'm sure you would get some hits on it for sure. <laughs> but that is, that is a funny way to do that. Just like, you know, the Blackfeet, we're living here, but it's ours now. Yeah. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, that is the not cool shit side of things. Um, there are plenty of other cool shit out there. And uh, speaking of cool shit, it's time for cool shit in nature. And so I've got I've got two lined up for you today as per usual. <laughs> Two. I know you always say like I got two. Like normally I have one, but like I think you've had one maybe like twice ever. I think at the beginning it was like always one, and then I had this huge stockpile of them, and I was like I had to burn through them. I need to, you know, I need to start doing two. Otherwise I'm gonna be like so far ahead in these that I just don't. Um, but anyways, this is uh, the effects of an underwater volcano eruption. So it was this, it's really kind of a weird because it's like all ashy water. Oh. And it yeah. creates kind of like a pumice um, for the sand. And so it's very, it's kind of, a, it's a cool thing to look at. So it's, it's kind of eerie. It makes sense though, because it's just that like, where's the ash from under, it's got to come from something, like it's got to go somewhere. Yeah, right? So... I mean, I, it makes sense why we have this. It's just something you don't really necessarily think about. Um, so it must harden and become part of the land over time. Yeah, and that's what the pumice rock is. Is this yeah. like volcanic water or volcanic rock? So, um, no, I thought this was a cool one. Um, it's 
pretty neat. Anyways, here's the second one. I uh, really wanted to show you this one. I think we've shown this one actually before. Oh, where the park ranger shoots him? No, no, the park ranger does not shoot the bear. <laughs> For people watching, it is a bear charging uh, a park ranger. That looks ranger. like the same one. One of these park rangers gets charged and he shoots the bear with a beanbag or like a rubber bullet. Oh, you know, I think it is this one. We just don't watch all of it. It looks like the same kind of guy in the bear. But yeah, like, it actually yeah. could be this one. No, I mean, he's running right there, but like, he's to me, it looks like that bear is stressed the fuck out that there's, look at all these cars zooming in and out of there, Florida license plate. Well, course. what I wanted to point out about it is if you look at the front right or front left paw, so okay. the one... He's right. like he's charging and he's not touching the ground at all with that. Yeah, that's a he's ready to swat. I I think it's more he's because he's not he's barely touching it even when he's standing by no one. Like I think he's hurt and he, that's why he's stressed out. Yeah, oh, that could be. Yeah, you you're you're pointing something out because he's running on on those three legs there. Yeah, and he's kind of hiding and then he's like, you know, I gotta chase these guys off. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're not wrong. Um, I wonder, though, too, if that's also an attack move. Like, I'm going to swat these guys. You know what I mean? Like, I want to... Yeah, but I think he'd be quick enough. He can go from running to, you know, skibbity-pap real quick. Yeah. That's so. wild. I mean, it's definitely... You can you can see the energy in the bear when he's kind of tucked away in the trees right there. Mm -hmm. but like you see this park ranger here he's clearly yelling at down the line he's yelling at some tourists oh he, for sure like get off the road back up back yeah. and listen Stop. to the park ranger yeah when you're in the park do it listen to them they, they know what they're doing this is why they need more funding <laughs> just to circle it back here <laughs> honestly though you're not wrong whole circle but no he's saying get back get back so you have the people that are stressing out the bear and then you have him yelling, which is probably stressing him out even more. And the bear like reacts because yeah. it's stressed. And we, me and you talked about this and I really, I really did appreciate that uh, uh, kind of discussion you and I have had. We've had, I mean, I appreciate it because it's one of those discussions me and you have had over the last six, seven years or whatever, since we started this whole ordeal and with our grizzly bear encounter, our first grizzly bear encounter in Glacier there. Such a wild day. We're coming down Logan's Pass and on the other hill off to the right, when you're coming down Logan's Pass, we see a, a, a dot and it's a grizzly bear. And it really was, which is wild. This is yeah. so wild. And we're working our way down the mountain. And so is the dot. And the dot gets bigger and bigger and bigger as it comes closer and closer to like we're going. And eventually it crosses our path right in front of us as it's moving way. And I'm thinking there was a fire uh, down by uh, St. Mary's Lake down there. And I think that could have been what was pushing the bear. He looked like a young uh, juvenile male, maybe two, three years old, a uh, year or two away from the mom, uh, just in size. Um, but the energy, a lot different. Yeah. Yeah, that bear was just, it was just doing his thing, you know. He stopped, was what, digging holes for moths and bugs and stuff. 
And then uh, he just was like, you know what? It's my time to go this way. And he went that way. And we were like, oh, shit, everybody up the, up the road. It was wild. I mean, we got some cool pictures of it. It was really cool uh, seeing the uh, him cross the boardwalk like that. Just like, wow, that's the boardwalk we're on. Um, people in front of us, you know, jumping across. If you want to see the video, you can see it on our YouTube page. Um, I like some of the comments, you know, like why, why would the park build that? And, uh, what, uh, you know, like basically us being dumb, but it's yeah, like, well, there's one was like not a single, uh, can of bear spray in sight, which in the videos true, you don't see any bear spray, but the, the gal, cause that's when, uh, we had the, the two, the couple coming up that were photographer the one guy was a photographer and we told them hey we think a bear's going to be coming down this way you would should probably check it out and the guy burned his memory card on it <laughs> um, but the gal he was with she had bear spray and i remember her saying like do you guys have bear spray and we were like no we left it in our car and she goes all right well i have it <laughs> so <laughs> So there was some there for whoever the commenter was. There was bear spray, just not in sight of the video. <laughs> no, it was, it's wild because the, he was getting a little aggressive the closer and closer he got to the people, I think. You could see that he was almost excited uh, when he was up on that first hill, kind of like looking over like, oh shit, there's something else over there. Mm -hmm. But I think when he realized it was people, he's like, I don't want anything to do with these. They're just annoying. Uh, cause he just, he moseyed on away. Like he didn't want to stay near. He moseyed on away. Mm -hmm. But again, you read the energy, you give the animal its respected distance. Like, yes, we were within a hundred yards of that bear, which is like the recommendation distance. We were probably 25 yards, 15 yards away from that bear. Yeah. Um, but the energy level was a lot different. We were allowing the bear to have space, give it space, do its thing. Uh, my favorite part of that encounter, too, is the chipmunk warning us, just chirping at us the whole time. <laughs> yeah. You know? No, that was, I mean, we definitely were within the, like, the no-no zone that they say. Um, but, but again, like, you know, we did the, if the bear had the right of way, you know, if the bear wanted to do something, the bear was going to do something. And we were like, all right, man, <laughs> I mean, I'll head this way up. <laughs> you know, it wasn't like we were oblivious or anything. Well, and again, look at the video, right? Like you and I both kind of had that thought, I think at that time, I know I did for a fact where it's like, there's other people around me right now. I'm sure if the situation were to go awry, I can get out in front of these people and the bear will target one of them. Oh, 100%. 100%. And I'm, every situation I get into, <laughs> I do a quick scan and I go, I'm faster than at least one. <laughs> Honestly, though, like in that situation, I, I, I felt like, you know, if they're going to test the limit, I'm going to just be right behind. But. Yeah, we you really shouldn't do that, but <laughs> we did do that. <laughs> no, bears are fun, man. They're they're a good time. They're they're a great time. I hope we get to see some this summer. I think we will. And I've I've heard it's been a good grizzly bear cub uh, year 
uh, in the park. Um, so people are seeing them, you know, Hayden who helped build my roof rack this, you know, he was telling me about, he, they just went into the park and saw some grizzly bear cubs. Um, the other thing, what else did he say? Oh, he also said, it's kind of interesting. It's a, it's a really popular Wolverine year in Montana. Uh, there's been like three Wolverines sighted, like in random places. Oh, interesting. Like, so like the one in the park, there was two in Lewistown, just right in, like in town. Oh, weird. Yeah. And then in Billings here, right down by the, the school, uh, they've spotted a, uh, a mountain lion. Oh, interesting. Wow. That, uh, don't never fun to, oh, you know what? It's uh, speaking of uh, cats, <laughs> speaking of cats, what are you more afraid of in the forest? A cougar or, and hear me out, ticks. Oh, I feel you. Um, uh, uh, straight up where I live, fuck you. Cause you get, there's a kid. I know a kid who got Lyme disease from a tick. Right. Um, especially cause I had one in my hair. Like I had one in my hair the other day cause we went down to the river and like Thea was like, what is that in your hair? And like, she got it out. I was like, that's a fucking tick. Yeah. I had one on me the other day too. Um, <laughs> that's what made me think of it. Yeah. Like you really can't see and know in ticks and there's probably a lot more around. Um, when it comes to a mountain lion, yeah, you may encounter one or two. And I, I say encounter. Yeah. Yes. Right. There's probably 300 that have seen you in your lifetime. Oh, right. <laughs> you know, especially like some of the, like, I think of all the hikes I've done in Montana, I think of all the hikes you and I have done on our trips. I'm like, oh, uh, take our Cracker Lake hike with Matt. I'm sure a, a bobcat and a cougar saw us on that hike. Mm -hmm. You know, straight up. Yeah, I, I do too. I, I I have no doubt that, you know, I've been spotted by a cougar multiple times. Um, ticks, ticks scare the shit out of me, though. I, I was I was interested with where you're going to go because I was going to say if you're going to grizzly bear, no, black no. bear, you know, I was going to be, yeah, of course a cougar, man, but... Uh, yeah yeah ticks are and then like no bueno yeah and then like it, you know if you get see one and you pick it off yeah then like the whole rest of the time you're like thinking like ah oh, there's probably one fucking on me <laughs> dude i know i had one bite me once oh like, really like, yeah it was in my hair and i was like this was a different one and i was like oh god you know just like oh shit and i like grabbed it and i like it wouldn't like go at first and i just ripped it off and it like fell on the ground I was like oh my god i just got bit by a tick we have them bad out here in montana oh yeah i mean there there's a lot of areas i think that i mean they're more than not i don't know which ones all have lime you're supposed to send them in if you get bit get tested oh well i'm here so we're good yeah i mean i don't know how many people like die from lyme disease but it's just Eight. not fun to have no i don't know i don't know the number it's it's not fun to it's not a fun time um no honestly like low-key and this is good for you podcast listeners because the, my fiance thea doesn't listen she doesn't like when i talk about her friends but <laughs> but let's get some drama some dirt 
let's 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 get the tea. <laughs> um, her, her. So the guy I know that got the Lyme disease, her, her good friend's husband. Uh, so you could, they got married real quick, I think, but they they got married, and she he got Lyme disease from a tick, and ended up divorcing her. Because basically he went bipolar from the Lyme disease oh. and had mood swings and all this shit, which is wild. Yeah, that is wild. Wild. That is wild. I've got a good That one's Lyme never going to come back, but it lives out there forever. <laughs> I've got another. I've got a good Lyme disease kind of story. It's also, it's a great story of why you shouldn't eat Taco Bell. Um one of the common things that can happen if you have Lyme disease is you can't eat red meat anymore. Oh. Because it how it interacts with your body when you eat it. So there's this guy. Um, this guy has he has Lyme disease, and he was telling me he anytime he has a red meat craving, like he just wants red meat, he actually goes to Taco Bell and gets a beef whatever at Taco Bell because it's so not meat quality like real meat that it's it doesn't affect his body like if he had a steak or a hamburger <laughs> wow it, it does the trick that's yeah. sucks um no you said something there how it affects him and it just shot in my mind uh we were talking to this army recruiter guy who got covid and he was telling me about how he had experienced long COVID, which if you're not familiar with that, it's like just having symptoms forever. And he said his taste, and this is, he got it COVID back in November, 2021. He says, this is Mar early May, 2022. He said, I'm about 90, 90% back to what I used to taste. He goes, I was a steak eater. And he goes, meat of any kind just went with that was just unappealing oh. to me oh and it was just like and he's like i hated it he's like i lost weight because he's like a, he was a bodybuilder and shit too kind of that way and you're just like fuck man like yeah that's what like when you know everyone was like oh i'm not afraid of covid i was like yeah i'm not gonna die from covid i'm afraid of the long-term shit <laughs> right like yeah you, you yeah you might survive the sickness but it's like what's to come yeah, I didn't want the, you know, you hear the people like their the myocarditis, you hear the, you know, their heart rate, and they just lose all of their like cardiovascular health. And you're just like, I hear that. And I'm like, no, I don't want that. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I want to be able to go up a flight of stairs without my heart rate jumping to 140. You know, I, it's going to jump. I know that because that's just how physiology works. But I don't want it to jump stupid rapidly fast. And I get to the top and I'm like, <laughs> you know, I want to just be slightly out of breath. <laughs> it's wild. It's wild. It's it is. is. It's wild. But, you know, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Yeah, somebody's. Um <clears throat> Anyways, yeah, so we're kind of, you know, we have maybe enough time to do what we originally planned for today. Um, you know, if you uh, 
Well, maybe not. We might not have this in the title. We probably will, but um... Mark will. He's a good guy. He's the guy. He's the one who does it. Yeah, but we have a story that we're going to read um, because we're prepping everyone for Glacier National Park because we're going to be there. We're going to um, go hard. So yeah. So that's the problem is you got to get you ready. Yeah, and we want we want you the wanderers to be ready as well. So we got a story. Uh, it's one of it comes from the Library of Ranger Zach. So um, why don't you take it away? All right, story time. I guess we learned I can read. Um, I'm going to let Mark choose. I, I have two kind of picked out, but I think we only got time for one today. Uh, this comes from the book It Happened in Glacier National Park by Vince Moravik. Um, fascinating stories about the thrilling events that helped make Glacier National Park what it is today, including the little-known episodes that shaped the park's colorful history. I'm going to ask, do you want the highway to the sky story? So we can really learn about the going to some road that you don't that you don't like that it's falsely named, or the giant grizzly of Gunsight Pass. Let's do the uh, going to sun road one because again we're not going to get to the sun. So, <laughs> all right, Mark Huslifer, historian. Here's the first quote right here. 1933 he says, "Highway to the sky. There's no road anywhere that is quite like the Sun Road. There are things up there that you." just aren't going to find anywhere else Ooh, chills and then this way tony cook first time going to sun visitor ready it's a long way down i thought you'd like that one he's not right or uh, wrong he's not wrong he's tony. not right yeah he's all right <laughs> tony is not wrong it's uh, it's a long way down all right it was 1933, and no one could believe his or her eyes. It didn't seem possible that 5,000 people were milling around Logan Pass. It certainly didn't seem possible to the local American Indians present. They had their ancestors traveling through the area for centuries and had always referred to the high mountains now called Glacier National Park as the backbone of the world, honoring its rugged, high, and impassable nature. Even the national and state politicians who had gathered at the pass, including Montana Governor Frank Cooney and U.S. Senators Burton Wheeler and W.A. Buchanan, were amazed. They had been influential in securing congressional funding for the construction of the road through Glacier. But discussing it and seeing it were two different matters. But perhaps no one was more pleased or amazed than Duncan McDonald, the pioneer mountain man whom Lake McDonald was named. Oh, that's fun. That's a fucking trivia buster for you. Yeah, save that one, everybody, for trivia night. <laughs> there had been another number of reasons the doubters and naysayers had listed over the years when speaking of the difficulties of building a road across Glacier Park, and yet it was built. The Trans, Trans Mountain Highway, which eventually became the amazing going to Sun Road, had an Im unimpressive beginning. The first builders who punched a few miles of ruts from Belton, West Glacier, to Apgar near Lake McDonald probably had no idea what they were setting off. It certainly wouldn't have felt to them like they were beginning a road that would climb 6,646 feet above sea level. After all, they were stuck in the low forest and swampland, spending their, uh, spending their days cutting hemlocks and red cedars and dynamiting stumps. William R. Logan the first superintendent of the park and the man for whom the high pass where the road crests its 
named estimated that the crew spent at least $1,000 on dynamite just to blow up the stumps in the first two and a half miles they built. Nevertheless, the, their, their start pr proved that roads could travel up into glaciers, towering mountains. Most people knew that a road penetrating at least some of the west side of the park would be built, but could the same road continue over the continental divide? Interesting stuff. Spoiler, it can. <laughs> it could, and it does. From designing and, con and construction standpoint, all and also to anyone driving on it, the 52 miles of road go called Going to Sun are priceless, are a priceless marvel. A trip to Glacier is not complete without a drive along the famous wonder. This invigorating route, sometimes virtually climbing the sides of sheer mountain walls, gained its original Trans Mountain Highway name from the mere practical description. Once Congress authorized funding for the road in 1921 to the tune of $100,000, park officials decided they needed a name with a little more zing. But it wasn't called, but it wasn't until the early 1930s that Montana Congressman Lewis Crampton proposed going to the Sun Road. After a grand east side mountain near Logan Pass, the name gained popularity. Superintendent J.R. Yakin became a proponent, liking the name that gave the impression of driving up to the extreme heights and sublime panoramas. It also fit with local legend. Among the Blackfeet, tales were told of a benevolent spirit who comes out of the sky to help out in times of trouble, only to ascend back up toward the sun once his task is completed. The traditional Blackfeet name for the mountain is the face of the sour spirit who went back to the sun after his work was done. Unsurprisingly, it was shortened to going to the sun. <laughs> you fucker. The Indian name. <laughs> you never reached the sun. <laughs> no, because it's about the spirit who comes from the sun, who heals those in Glacier who need it. Yeah, we never get to the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it almost, it took almost 20 years and $3 million to plan and build the road. Crews began work on the road and from the west side early in the park's life, but it wasn't until 1921 that a continuous effort was made to build the road across the continental divide. At present, it can only be imagined that when they thought as they looked up at Logan Pass and their simple hand tools and pondered the amazing construction project before them, and yet they were successful. The west side of Going to the Sun Road opened in June 1929. Four years later, on July 15, 1933, the east side was completed, and the road was officially dedicated. Of the estimated 5,000 people who attended the dedication ceremony at Logan Pass, two of the important local American Indian tribe members were Kootenai Chief Custa, K-U-S-T-A-T-A, Casada, and Blackfeet Chief Two Guns White Calf, as well as Flathead Leaders. These former adversaries blessed the road and smoked a peace pipe together to celebrate the, their modern harmony. Before anyone could gather to celebrate, work crews had toiled and sweated for years. All workers had to, had to have confidence and daring. And there were such great stretches where a path had to be blasted out of solid rock. Dynamite crews were lowered down precipitous cliffs to drill sets of holes into the rock face uh, to house explosives for detonation. In Rose Hook's book, Going to the Sun Road, the story of the highway across Glacier Park, 
Frank A. Kitteridge, a Bureau of Public Roads Engineer who led surveying crew in 1924 reports that it was difficult to keep crews fully staffed. The daily climb of from 1,200 1, feet to 3,000 foot over cliffs and through brush, brush proved to be strenuous for many. Work on the line along the steep mountainside and cliffs proved too hazardous for those not adapted to such work. Working in the rain, sleet, and sleet was beyond endurance for many more. Despite the high dropout rate, the road did slowly emerge. Kitteridge's surveying crew recommended a route over Logan's Pass because of its south and west exposures. This meant, of course, that the road would be in the sunlight and not underneath the shadows of the surrounding peaks. As much as possible in an area where snowfalls are extremely deep, this was an important consideration. Oh, shit. That is. And I have to unfortunately be that guy. Um, we are not going to be able to finish this story. We're going to leave a cliffhanger to maybe get you to buy the book. But no, it's not bad. That's not bad. Because, uh, you know, there's some there's some stories here. But anyways, stories. it is time for our final words. And so that being said, final words, my guy. Well, I want to give the Reverend a good thank you for letting me read It Happened in Glacier National Park as we get excited for our glacier trip this summer. And as he learns that the Going to Sun Road is named after a spirit who heals those who come into the park with troubles and goes back up into the sun. But, you know... Us Americans, we like to shorten things, you know. <laughs> you got all these names like FDA, Federal Drug Administration, you know, like gotta have all these analogies and these little these little titles. But no, it's good. We love it. Um, you know, go go out, read a book, go go learn learn something about one of your national parks. I'm sure there's a book on, you know, Congaree National Park on the Everglades on White Sands. Go pick it up and learn something. Uh, all right, Reverend, I'll pass the torch on over to you. Reverend's final words of wisdom say beautiful. Everybody cannot tell you how much I appreciate every single one of you for sticking it through. Um, special shout out to any of the Bristol Bay commercial fishermen. The season's about to start, so hopefully it's a good season for you. Hopefully it's a safe season for you. You can catch a lot of fish and get that red gold. Um, other than that, go outside, stay beautiful, and the going to Sun Road does not get actually to the sun. But with that being said, peace out, everybody. Bye.